Welcome to The Alchemy of Business Show with your host, Steve Rogers. The Alchemy of Business Show is a podcast that mixes practical, actionable business solutions with soulful insights for anyone seeking deeper meaning in their lives and greater success in their work. Steve will be featuring purpose-driven leaders from all walks of life and getting insight into their journeys from failures to triumphs. So tune in to transition, transform, and evolve in every dimension of your business and life. And now your host of the Alchemy of Business show, Steve Rogers. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for listening in or viewing in on the Alchemy of Business show. We appreciate you being here, and we are always bringing you messages about finding ways to make wiser decisions, creating greater profits and abundance in your life and in your work, and also creating higher purpose in all that you do and all that surrounds you. And the guests that we have on today really do this and then some. I'm thrilled to not have just one guest, but two guests on the show. And it's important to have two because this is a global movement of an organization you're going to hear about that's been around for over 100 years. But my first guest is Mr. Ashish Advani. Ashish is the president and chief executive officer of JA Worldwide. JA is Junior Achievement. For those of you that haven't heard of it, I'd be surprised. But if you haven't, this is an organization that helps um, over uh, uh, 10 million kids uh, worldwide. And they've been doing this in over 100 countries for over 100 years. Uh, Ashish has been leading this organization for quite a few years now. And prior to that, he was a tech entrepreneur and was really had his, his fingers deep in the tech world being an entrepreneur. Uh, and he was the CEO of Covester. Uh, and he also was uh, involved very heavily in the Circle Lending, which was acquired by the Virgin Group. Uh, he began his career as a consultant at Monitor Group. And he also, when he was going to college, was at Wharton and Oxford. Uh, and he is also a Commonwealth Scholar. He's taken all that knowledge and utilized it in a way that helps not only his uh, people that work with him and around him, but also the students and kids that he helps within the global world. We also have Miss Erin Sawyer. And Erin is uh, the vice president uh, of JA Worldwide, and she also helps a lot on marketing and global events. She has 15 years of experience in helping prepare youth for employment and entrepreneurship, and also helping create great self-esteem. This is something that she exudes. In her current role, in addition to creating these events and uh, things that help bring the alum uh, together, alumni you're gonna hear about are people that have been in JA in previous years. She helps bring their stories and their practical skills to helping mentor these students through a global, uh, a global way, through events, online, in person, et cetera. Erin uh, was responsible for the wildly very successful Global Alumni Conference and the JA Global Youth Forum that we're gonna hear more about. These events, as I said, bring people together and leaders of teaching people how to be better in their lives. She lives in Colorado uh, and she also has a husband. She has two uh, children and a black lab. So she's a dog lover. She also loves nature and she also loves a lot of things to do with creativity. So please welcome Mrs. Aaron Sawyer and Mr. Shish Advani to the show. Welcome. It's great to be here. So uh, thanks for having us, Steve. Uh, you are welcome. I'm so glad to be here with you too. While well, we have Ashish who's in uh, zooming in uh, on StreamYard here from Boston, 
and we have Aaron in from Colorado, and I'm in San Diego. So again, it's one of those technology connecting people together here uh, in our show. So thanks again. I wanted to uh, uh, ask uh, ladies first here. So Aaron, beyond what I was just kind of covering in your bio there, what is it uh, something that uh, when people meet you that um, you're most proud to tell them about either in your work or professional life that is maybe not in a bio or something that really is just kind of your DNA as to how you are and what you do. So tell me a little bit about Aaron. Wow, great question, Steve. Um, so I, I really think that honestly, I am incredibly lucky to get to do what I do. Um, you know, junior achievement is not just a job. It's really, um, I think, a, a livelihood and something that I think all of us um, from 3,000 staff across the globe just deeply believe in. Um, incredibly lucky to get to work with 12 million young people a year and really do what we do, not to mention, you know, a uh, hundred plus countries. Uh, so I think, you know, people are always like, J.A., that sounds really familiar. Like when I sit on planes, they're like, I made a lamp. So once we really start unpacking what J.A. is um, and what it does now, which is empower young people across the globe to really take control of their own economic futures, um, I feel really honestly grateful um, that that is something that I get to say that I live out every day. And then of course, you know, the thing that's probably not in my bio is two crazy kids. I know it's in there, but um, get to be a parent and really raise the next generation. I uh, work with alumni, J alumni every day, and I'm grateful that those are the leaders that are going to be leading my kids as they come up. I think that's really important. Well, that's wonderful. How cool to be an organization that's already every day helping kids as you're bringing up your kids to incorporate <laughs> what you're learning in the organization and to carry that also in your own family. So great. And uh, Mr. Ashish, speaking about kids, you've got some kids of your own now uh, into budding young adults. Uh, so let us know uh, a little bit about you, Ashish, that maybe wasn't in your bio or not in your bio, but I know you reside in Boston, but you're a global trotter because you're all over the world uh, in various things. So what, what, what should the audience know about you uh, before we jump into some of the, the more details about JA itself? Uh, well, as you mentioned, I have uh, kids. I've got twin boys who are 17 years old. And my wife, uh, Helen, um, runs the science fair organization in Massachusetts. So my poor kids have a dad who's doing entrepreneurship and business for kids and a mom who's doing science fair for kids. So they are, um, how about this? They are unfortunately having to deal with um, all of the advice we give them on their wonderful teenage years. And um, uh, thankfully they don't reject all of it, probably only 80% of it. So we That's feel we can- That's pretty good for a teenager. I was gonna thought it would be 20, 80 reversed. <laughs> um, so we do our best to um, indoctrinate them as all parents um, do for their kids. Well, that's wonderful. Well, thanks for being on both of you. And Ashish, uh, you're, when I first met you in the way, and I personally was not involved in JA as a young teenager, which I so wish that I was. Um, and I did not learn about it till later in life. Um, and I got involved in it. We're going to talk uh, later about some of the stuff that's going on in the organization with various chapters and organizations and divisions you have within the JA Global Organization. And I helped in just as a volunteer spot on one of those, but I didn't know a lot about it. And I ran into some you know, business leaders, specifically uh, Brian Sadorsky that we're gonna mention a little bit later. And I knew of JA, but I never was involved in it. When I found out what was happening with it, what his vision was to help add to it, I'm like, I need to learn more about this. And when I opened the hood of looking under the car of JA, I was like astounded of the massive um, uh, things that they do and how long they've been around. And your world, 
you, prior to being the leader now of this global uh, nonprofit organization that's one of the biggest in the world, you were in the tech space. So you were one of those guys that was in the tech world. You were, you know, entrepreneurial slash corporate, depending on how big your company got. So tell us a little bit about your early journey of cultivating product services and leaders in a more traditional, you know, environment where people are making profit and money versus then transitioning that over into leadership in the uh, nonprofit sector. Uh, so I was wondering if people could know a little bit about your earlier path. Yeah, sure. Happy to share. So um, I started a company in my 20s. So I'm one of these people who thought of myself as an entrepreneur pretty early on in my career. And I credit JA for a big part of that um, self-belief that I developed in high school that made me um, have the confidence to be able to launch a company in my 20s. And that's really one reason why I'm so passionate about what we do as an organization is I realize when you reach kids in their teenage years, you can fundamentally change the trajectory of their life based on that self-belief. And um, for me, my first entrepreneurial venture was because I was the founder of a company that eventually got acquired by um, by Virgin. You know, when, when you have that, that sort of experience, people think that what you say is right, right? They just assume that, oh, he's a founder, he has control of the company and we've had some success. Um, he must know how to build a product. He must know how to manage people. He must know how to make these decisions. And as you well know, leaders seldom know what's right. Um, and <laughs> yeah. in fact, that's exactly when things go wrong is when leaders assume that everything they say is right. So um, that was my first leadership journey is people reacted that way to me. And my second, where I was hired as a CEO by the venture firms um, at Covester, um, the culture was very different. And my job as a leader was very much about finding the best idea amongst my management team. And that was a very um, sort of different value proposition because I didn't found the business. I was there to accelerate its success. At JA, okay. which is a long established global organization, my role as a leader is also different. It really is about you know, helping great um, individual leaders and managers like Aaron achieve success and remove obstacles in their way that might be preventing that from happening. So very different leadership styles, I would say, in the different organizations, not because they're for-profit or non-profit, but just because they are um, at different stages of my career and they have different missions and goals. Got it. Thank you for that. And, you know, it's it's great to be an entrepreneur, build a company, and congratulations on that and getting it to the point that it was even able to be sold. But to sell it to someone like Virgin, who to me, you know, if you think of entrepreneurship and someone who's creative and doing stuff also at a global way, Richard Branson and all the different Virgin brands that he has. What a great honor to be able to have that be your purchase, the person who uh, company who purchased your organization. So how, when you realized that that offer was coming in or that deal was going together, I'm assuming that had to make your heart swell a little bit. Oh but, my goodness. That was, it was awesome. I mean, it really was. And I learned so much from him. Um, I had a chance to travel with him and you know, go to his home multiple times and meet his incredible sort of family and colleagues. Um, and one thing that he's done really well in the course of everything that he touches is he's created a set of brand values that people really want to be associated with, right? He has built the kind of brand that attracts customers, employees, investors, um, you know, all stakeholders. And um, I really learned a lot from observing him. Um, so it was an honor to work for him. That's great. Well, I, he's one of my uh, entrepreneurial heroes. And uh, our common friend, uh, Mark Thompson, who I know you've done some coaching with, uh, Mark was fairly close with him for many years and still is, but I've always been enamored by Richard's, he's got this childlike uh, 
appearance of nature, of his curiosity. How would you describe him in, in describing him in a little bit of his personality style when you're one-on-one -on -one with him? Well, first of all, he really dislikes um, a PowerPoint. He dislikes spreadsheets. So the way to convince Richard of something is not to show him data or to um, sort of tell him a story using slides. It's to really authentically believe in the picture making because that's what he's looking for, authentic belief. Um, so that's what I learned in, in interacting with him. And of course, there's many, many stories of travel, which we can get into if you're interested, but, but I'll, I'll pause there. That's wonderful. Well, cool. Well, thank you for sharing that. And speaking of authentic belief in travel, uh, Aaron, I know in your early days, as you were doing your postgraduate work and getting cert certificates from Penn State and then the Center for Creative Leadership, you also had some global travel yourself as a student or then after postgraduate of uh, learning uh, not only from cultures and people, but were you traveling primary to learn more about culture, leadership, or were you at that time already involved in some other organization that was causing this global travel that you were doing? Uh, you know, Steve, it's a great question. Uh, if you ask my parents, <laughs> they would say, uh, no, Aaron just really uh, was a global citizen and loved to travel. And truly, I tried to frame it, you know, multiple different ways, but that was at the core. Um, I, I just really had a passion for seeing the world. And so, uh, you know, traveled and, and part of my degree was to, to go abroad and learn a language. And then I actually worked for Quicksilver um, in Australia post getting my undergrad degree, um, which, you know, when you're 20 something and you get out of grad school and you're surfing and in the super cool culture and you're in living in Manly Beach right outside Sydney, it all sounds really dreamy. And then you realize like, huh, like I'm pedaling just like surf culture to kids. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I really felt a deep belief that I wanted my life to be more and that I had more to give. And that, you know, I, as much as I love that piece, that was really not the core of who I was. And so left there, came back and went to grad school. And that's actually where I got hired on from Jay. I was working in a wine restaurant um, with that a lot of Jay board members used to come into. And so I um, became an intern and then kind of worked my way up. And it's been just an incredible career path. I think Ashish said, you know, something that I think really touches on what Jay has done incredibly well um, for so many people, not just me, is truly it's an organization that allows you to evolve. And I think that's so key. You know, Ashish has been an entrepreneur. He's been a CEO. He's been a lot of different things. And I think that's the key thing. I've stayed with this company for as long as I had because I've gotten to evolve into a lot of different roles. And you can't say that about every place that you work at. That's I think correct. that's a true gift. Well, I agree with it. And that's one of the things in my, my uh, mission statement for myself, the word evolved, helping people transition, mm -hmm. transform and evolve to their highest good in life and business. So I love that word and I love what it means. And Ashish, for you, evolving as yourself as a leader uh, in, in JA, I'm, ass I'm assuming you had a lot of opportunities, Ashish, as well, uh, when you were you know, going from being an entrepreneur and having these different companies you ran or sold. How did you, um, when you picked JA, had you been previously as a teenager involved in JA, or did it come to you later in life as an adult? So as a teen, I went through JA um, in, in my case, junior high school, not high school, um, and uh, it stuck with me as an impactful program, as I mentioned earlier, but my wife has worked in nonprofit for her whole career and run four nonprofits. 
So I knew enough to be dangerous, you know, as, as we all like learn from our spouses, what we think they do and what you end up doing are very different things. So um, I will say that I approached it with um, humility, but confidence, if I can put it that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. And Aaron, were you involved in JA as a teen or did you get involved in it later in life? I wasn't. I I got involved later in life. I I feel like at this point I have taught so many kindergarten classes that maybe I took one as a kindergartner, but you know the jury's still out. My parents don't remember either, so we'll. Well, it's a very memorable uh, organization. I like I said, I wish I would have been involved as a kid, but I wasn't, and I'm glad I am now as an adult. Um, and we've got only about a minute or two left in this segment. We're going to come right right back. But I'm curious for those again that are listening in that maybe haven't been through JA or their kids aren't in JA. Uh, both qu- a quick question for both you and uh, Ashish, the same question. But how do you explain uh, what JA does the most impactfully for someone's child that may be a teenager? What is it that you think you've seen some of these miracle stories or just, uh, you know, key like things that have just stuck in your mind? What is it that you pinpoint, Aaron, and then Ashish of one thing that you think JA has done really well for a specific student or for kids in general? Um. So go. I'm going to go right to from I can't to I can, Aaron, because that's, yeah. I think, the shortest description I can use in this time. What JA does really, really well across multiple learning experiences, across multiple geographies, is we allow a young person to change their mindset or evolve their mindset, Steve, from I can't to I can. Mm. That ability to change your mindset and self-belief is something which actually is very affordable to do. And there's specific things that, that anyone can do, not just us, to make that happen. And I'm happy to share if you're interested in learning more. Yeah, when we come back on the summit, for sure, I want to dig on that because I, I can't to I can. Wow, just that, that shift affects so many things in life year after year after year. So that's a powerful one. Aaron, would you want to add to that? Uh, any other item at the moment? And then we'll come back. I think that's a, be- that's a beautiful way to say it. Well said, Ashish. I will just say that that, that statement the beauty of of ja and honestly the the secret kind of sauce that we have is that statement is regardless if you're a kindergartner going through a program or a university age student i think the true peace and the magic of ja is the belief and the transformation from i can to or i can't to i can yeah that's powerful well whether you're an entrepreneur listening in you're a manager you're an employer maybe you're a student listening about this that phrase alone, we're going to come back and dig more into that. But again, I think it's the most simple thing that the mindset that you have and the emotional change in your body and in your excitement about life from going from I can't to I can. I think of all the problems I've gone through as a CEO running companies or as a personal life issues. And when I got into, oh, God, I can't do this anymore. Or I can't make this happen. or I can't make this go to I can. Wow. The shift in power of that energy and the universe then conspiring toward your success so powerful. So we're going to come back and talk a lot more about that. We're going to talk about some global impacts that are happening throughout JA and the world that are helping our youth and our business leaders who help support JA be even better and and, and how people can contribute in a servant leadership type mindset. So come back and listen more on the Alchemy of Business Show. Thanks for listening in or viewing it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Alchemy of Business show. We are talking with some of the two most powerful leaders in nonprofit organizations in the world uh, of junior achievement, Ms. Aaron Sawyer and Mr. Ashish Advani. And one of the things before we wrapped on the break was a powerful statement that they're helping kids and teens learn throughout the organization. And us as leaders are learning ourselves. Again, the power of from I can't 
to I can. So Ashish and Aaron, let's jump on this I can't to I can. So let's say that I'm an executive or I'm a business owner or I'm a, a, a movement and shaker entrepreneur that's so busy and I know I want to get involved in doing something good in the world and I want to contribute, but I just can't right now because I'm so busy. Or I just can't because I don't have the time to contribute. Or I can't because I've already donated so much in this quarter. So let's talk, to, uh, we're going to come back and talk about the students, but I want to talk about earlier in the segment right now, for those impactful people that are out in the world themselves, moving and shaking or have been blessed in some uh, fashion in their business or personal life, how can other people contribute back and give to JA in ways to get involved that they uh, can start with? Erin, uh, you want to go first? No, please go ahead. All right. So um, I love this because uh, JA is one of the largest volunteer organizations in the world. So we're designed to make it easy for people who want to raise their hand to volunteer, to get involved and get connected to education. Now, there's a number of realities and logistics and challenges associated with it. Um, one thing is, depends on the country you live in. So let's just focus on the US for now. In the US, volunteering is um, part of our culture. Giving back is part of our culture. And schools welcome corporate executives and entrepreneurs and role models to come and talk to kids. So what JA staff does is we are the interface to train the volunteer, make sure they have a good experience and um, real and deliver educational value to young people. In some other parts of the world, you know, it's, it's, it's harder because the culture of volunteering doesn't exist or because schools don't allow because of safety reasons or logistics or other reasons, uh, business executives to come to the classroom. So JA has done really hard work to pave the way to enable that to happen in as many parts of the world as possible because kids need role models. Steve, I mean, if you go and talk to kids in school, you'll very quickly realize, and I know you volunteered for Jay in the past, how much you learn from the experience and how much the kids are gaining from the experience. It really is a two-way street. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I mean, I got involved in the, the global chancellor thing about offering thought leader information of stuff that either uh, various uh, leaders or authors have written and giving materials. And that's great. And, you know, giving advice and direction on how to maybe give more content. But when I decided, hey, I better really put my money where my mouth is, meaning my time and money. Um, I ended up volunteering at the local schools here where I live in Encinitas. And yes, I went into a, a high school class and it did it two different uh, times before COVID. And it was about creating business plans, life plans. And also it talked about uh, creating a product and service. And it was great because you, you guys do an amazing job of getting the curriculum of how to go in and follow this guidelines. But then you can make it very organic and put your own life experience around it of what you do, what your business is. And it, I found it very engaging to share with the students and also get the perspective from these you know, 15 to 17 year olds in some of the different classes I was in. And it really helped me shift my thinking also about relating to my own kids and my own grandkids differently because sometimes having this third party experience that is not your kid, but it's relatable. I found it very valuable to me on a personal level. And I really enjoyed being with the students and some of the ideas and thoughts that they had. So I would encourage any leader or person that would wanna go in and contribute. It's a, it really is a thrilling experience. And Aaron, for, for you, um, in addition to what Ashish just said, uh, people can volunteer locally in the U.S. and in other countries, it's a little different. But also, you, you're all running a nonprofit as well. So when businesses, entrepreneurs or individuals are trying to decide how can I allocate resources in organizations that are going to use these funds to the best and 
Um, I haven't, you know, as if they're thinking, I can't really donate to another one now, or I'm thinking about donating differently of how we have in the past. And I, I, I can't really take the time right now to learn what, what can people do that have money besides just time to contribute? How does that window open for people? Uh, Steve, it's a great question. And thank you for asking it. I think, you know, for, for JA, there's a lot of kind of time and treasure, right? So she's talked a bit about volunteering your time. And I think there's multiple ways in terms of getting involved, especially as we talk about internationally, you know, the uh, silver lining, if you will, of COVID has allowed the digital kind of piece to explode. And so we're seeing volunteers coming in from Cairo to, you know, to Detroit, from Detroit to, you know, to Hong Kong. I think the the really incredible part about what JA does is that most importantly, it brings someone who's not the teacher into the classroom mm. to really start to connect with students. And to be honest, you know, going back to that, I can't, I can't, uh, the global business community, honestly, I'm going to say something slightly provocative, can't afford not to know what's going on inside schools. I mean, yes. these are your next uh, customers. These are your next com uh, consumers. These are your next employees, right? And so getting involved with what's happening in schools, with what's happening in kind of curriculum and really starting to bridge that gap between schools and business is is really what, you know, JA is is all about. Really starting to bring in that kind of business perspective into schools, no matter if you're in the U.S. or internationally. Uh, you know, and as we talk about, you know, donations and and dollars and those kinds of things, that really enables those that work to happen. I will venture to guess that Ashish, um, there's plenty of ways for folks to get involved that's not just straight donations. We have things like Global Council. We have things like J University Chancellors. We have judging opportunities. We have so many events happening around the world for, for anyone interested to really plug in with the time and the talent and the treasure that they have that I would say, please don't let you know the barrier of of kind of distance or um, or digitization uh, stop you from really getting invested in your community, and that's what JA is. It is local everywhere. We are a global organization, but the beauty of what we do is that it's very local. Yeah, it is, and I love that about it because it is very local. I mean, you're a global organization, but I literally went three miles from my house and taught yeah. in a high school, and then four and a half miles from my house and taught in a junior high school, and it was. It yeah. was really, I felt so good about doing it that I, because I was like, wow, this knowledge that I've acquired over these years, I'm used to giving it to people that are strictly usually in a pay situation where I'm, I was training salespeople to make more money. I was training uh, leaders to, you know, be better in the company and then hope they always wanted to increase in salary or whatever it might be at my bit. And that was cool. And that's the way of the world. But when I was in the student level, it was like their ideas and their thoughts about creating business plans or to understand how to create a, uh, a marketing strategy or how to do competitive analysis. It was so cool because they were so different in how they approached why they wanted to learn about it and the excitement they had. It really charged me up as well. So I got a lot from it, uh, as Ashish was saying earlier. Um, well, Ashish, go ahead, Erin. Sorry. I was just going to say, well, Steve, I think the beauty is we all have you know kids or, or grandkids. I mean, the beauty is it's they're not your kids, so they actually listen to you and yeah, want to learn about your marketing prowess and all of those things. So I, I do think that the information, honestly, like as we really think about passing down generational information and really talking about what it means to kind of enter into the workforce, that there is that is so needed 
today more than ever before of really thinking differently about how we equip young people to enter into the workforce. And that only comes through human connection and conversation. I mean, exactly what you do every day on the Alchemy of Business, right? The, the power of human connection. And, yeah. and that can't be, you know, can't be kind of digitized and it can't be forgotten. And I think JA really um, allows people to do that in a way that feels really simple and easy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's so powerful. It just reminds me, we had a, a guest on last week who is a therapist and she's based out of uh, Australia. Uh, and she does a lot of work in um, transgenerational trauma that mm -hmm. exists in families and societies. And she also talks about uh, connectedness and that the only way we can heal our trauma is through connecting. And when we stay isolated, we stay in pain or we stay in trauma. So I just thought of that when you were saying what you said, because it, I'm like, wow, talk about J.A. bringing that to light. When, you're, when your organization is going in and helping some of these kids that haven't had the full opportunities uh, in other countries, I know when we, I was going to ask Ashish about, give us an example of what are some of these events that happen and what someone would experience there. But as an example, I remember when I was in Mexico City for one that you had done, and you had a, 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 a four or five day event, which was like, uh, a conference that CEOs would go to and they had breakout sessions each day. And then, you know, they had panels and they had all kinds of stuff, but there were people there from all different kinds of countries. And many of them are for countries that were not as, mm, should I say entitled as some American kids are. And they were there in such gratefulness. And I could tell they were breaking the cycle of where they had come from in their own generational family history, because they wanted to break out and be more as, as Ashish was saying earlier. So Ashish, can you you've been on these events and helped create them with, of course, Aaron throughout the, the world, but to, can you maybe give the audience just a quick minute or snapshot of in these events, when you actually have a JA event that has some kind of structure around it for students outside of the school, and it's in something that is a, a curriculum or a program, can you give us a little sample of what that might be and what that looks like? Sure, happy to. And I'll, I wanna make sure I give Aaron a chance to jump in as well after, because she is VP of people and events. This is her area more than even mine. I will say that, um, Global Youth Forum, the event you mentioned, has been one of my most cherished memories of what I've personally experienced through JA. Because as you said, Steve, we brought kids together from over 50 countries around the world. And for many, it was their first time getting on a plane. So that alone was like, okay, now you've got a mindset shift from that learning by doing experience. And then they got to um, interact with leaders who came in, you know, some of the world's best speakers, such as you, who came in and inspired them. And then they got to meet each other and we did leadership exercises and entrepreneurship exercises and competitions. And so they had these amazing sort of things they hadn't done before. And I got to be frankly a fly in the wall, even though I was a CEO at the time, I just, it, it being a fly in the wall for watching what they were interacting with. And my kids were there too. So I got to be a father as well and look at it from that part of the prism. It really, um, you realize the value of these experiences in youth for preparing them for changing what their trajectory is later on in life. And I'll tell you one more story, Steve, unrelated to GYF, because you asked about events generally. I was in, in, um, in Saudi Arabia and I was able to be a judge for a student competition where there was um, a female team. So um, think of them as a teenage girls and they were dressed um, in full burqa, um, where we could just see their eyes. And um, one of the presenters, her eyes lit up when she was talking about money and finance. And so I just commented to her afterwards, you clearly have a real knack and interest in money and finance. And I sort of said she did a good job because she did in her presentation. She sent me this long email afterwards saying how nobody really encouraged her 
to pursue a career in finance, but she had learned from the program and frankly, from that one comment that, that, that positive feedback that she built her own confidence to want to pursue that as a career. And then she got a job at KPMG, I heard later on. So it's sort of, it happens that these small things that you do for a young person can have a major impact on their life. So I'd encourage you, Steve, I know Aaron's going to say it in her own way. When you see a young person, give them some positive encouragement because you can fundamentally change their life. Yeah, that's powerful. So strong. Aaron, what would you like to add to that on either an event or a, a person that stands out you that just really was lit up or went on to do some amazing things uh, from one of the events or uh, things that you're working on within JA? Yeah. I mean, there's there's too many to mention. I feel like, and Ashish knows me too well, like I will literally start to cry. Uh, <laughs> she's like, how much time is it going to take? Um <laughs> But I, I, I think the power is, is we really think about looking forward post COVID, right? We've all, we've all been pretty isolated and you think about kids and the isolation that has really occurred in the past couple of, you know, the past two years, so to speak, where so many kids, you know, outside of America have not even been in school for years. It's, you know, going to make me emotional, but I think yeah. that's the true power of what we do is it's, like as she said, there's there's plenty of organizations out there that do incredible work with young people. And to be honest, we can't do the work that we do without at JA without them. You know, JA absolutely partners across the board with other like-minded NGOs. And honestly, Ashish can talk about a strategic plan that we are doing that will bring that even more to light. But I think that's the true power is really starting to address this holistically. Like, how do we actually address the, you know, kind of what young people are seeing as a tremendous gap between the youth kind of experience and what they're learning in schools and what the workforce that they're walking into, right? So we have all these, you know, Gen Z, Gen X, I have no idea what even all these gens are, but there's a huge gap. And I think the thing that we're really looking towards in terms of events, in terms of bringing together the business community and students is to really start to start that conversation early, start talking, like she said, these young people that are going through J company program at events or at company of the year competitions, see themselves as the finance president, as the VP of finance. You know, when you, when you have a sight line of success in high school, then you go on to be the, the VP of finance at KPMG 20 years from now, right? So start actually building that trajectory young and start actually building those global connections young, right? Starting to connect global citizens now is really what I think when we think about events and we think about the power of gathering young people together, those are kind of the North Stars. We want young people to have a sight line of success and we want to start building their global efficacy of global communication that you are much stronger together than you ever are apart. Yeah, that is so powerful and so true. And I can see why you're emotional about that, because it's 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 the true essence of, in my view, what big chunks of life is really all about. Uh, yeah. What you just wrapped up there of paying it forward to our youth, making sure that our children are supported and bettering the organizations and companies we had. But that by learning by others and then sharing, having these global thought leaders go into these organizations or leaders, it is a way to connect. And you're right. We are better together than we are separate. And the pandemic did separate people more than ever. And they connected in the morning. It was a weird, it's been a weird global thing that has changed the world in so many ways. And I do want to ask you back at the, after the break on how all of you adapted in this, this uh, global change of the pandemic. 
but uh, we, we have to wrap up this segment and uh, a little teaser for the listeners, our viewers in. Uh, I don't know if any of you have met or know anybody uh, personally that has been in any way involved in a Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, but if you want to be a little curious about what, what are you talking about, Nobel Peace Prize? Well, I, I want you to come back and listen into some of the ways that the, the stars have lined up and connected that that massive global uh, honor uh, into these two people right here, uh, into their organization. So come back from the break. We're going to learn more about that. Thank you for listening in on the Alchemy of Business. We're going to be on a quick break and come back, listen in. Thank you. Hello, and welcome back to the Alchemy of Business show. Uh, I am thrilled to uh, have these two leaders here from JA Global, Junior Achievement Global, uh, Miss Aaron Sawyer and Mr. Shish Advani. And I was giving a little tease before we went to the break about, do you as listeners or viewers happen to know anybody that has ever been nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize? I'm sure you maybe read it in the news or seen it on an article, but do you actually know people and that are in organizations? Uh, I was so honored when I saw an alert come out from uh, Global Junior Achievement earlier in the year that the organization has been nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. So Ashish, can you tell us about this honor and what this means to a Junior Achievement Global? And, and uh, wow, talk about an honor. Well, just to be even associated with the Nobel Peace Prize in any way is an honor, not just for, of course, our organization, but also for all the volunteers and the teachers and even the friends and family of the staff, um, because you recognize that very rarely has the Nobel Peace Prize been awarded or um, highlighted the connection between entrepreneurship and peace or economic opportunity and peace. So what excites me particularly about this is it's bringing attention. It's allowing us to do interviews like this and bring attention to this really important connection where young people, particularly, if they have this idea that they can achieve, if they have this ability to um, not be in poverty, the chance of them um, creating situations like war that, that, that get in the way of peace really goes away. And that's what I think I want to use this, this great honor to really bring attention to. I will say, of course, it's really great for our network because we have a network of, as you know, um, you know, independent nonprofits in over 100 countries, 340 different legal entities. And this has been such a galvanizing moment for us all to be, you know, in the same um, category as Médecins Sans Frontières, Doctors Without Borders, or UNICEF, just to pick two institutions that over the years um, have been nominated and then won the Peace Prize. Um, so it's really awesome. Oh, I love that. Well, just seconding that, you know, how, how do they recognize entrepreneurship can relate to peace? And you connected those dots perfectly. And, and with all that you've been sharing for us on the last hour here of the show about all this great work you're doing to impact the world, I'm so glad they saw it and, and, and what an honor for the organization and congratulations to you and all the volunteers and everyone in JA because it obviously continues to reflect the great work that you two as leaders and all the people that help support all of you and this organization. So kudos, kudos, kudos. I could not be more proud of, of that honor for you. And Aaron, on that note, with you know looking at some of the people that give nods to JA over decades and you know. Jay's over 100 years old. And, and as you mentioned, and we've mentioned a few times, you guys are a nonprofit. So you do rely on other great 
organizations and people to give of their graciousness and money or time. Uh, in addition to the Nobel Peace Prize, you have other companies and organizations that people would know, some massively named brands that are global uh, impacts. What are some of the other uh, companies that have given time or money and continue to do so within the JA Global Organization? Well, Steve, are you ready to make this the two-hour alchemy of business? Because it's it's, it's, it's a long list. list. That's a good thing that it's a long, a long list. list. And guaranteed, I'm going to leave out someone. But I will just say that honestly, the you know JA is really grateful that literally the top 50% of the Fortune 200 companies uh, give to JA. I mean, to name just a few, it is TechSphere. Uh, we have Microsoft, Twitter, Twitter, Meta. Um, we have uh, global, you know, airline organizations like Delta. We have um, incredible supporters in terms of the banking sector and HSBC and Citi. We have, um, you know, consulting of Accenture. And uh, I mean, literally, I could I could name a very long list. I think the biggest piece about JA that makes it run is the fact that locally, it's not just these big corporations are giving money and you know, dumping it into the ether. No one knows where it goes. Truly, City, for instance, has given to JA for 30 plus years. And wow. they are giving not just globally, but they're giving locally. They're giving regionally. Their local people sit on local boards. They volunteer their time. The organization gives money. So it is truly this incredible kind of ecosystem that JA creates that allows global companies to really easily give and then also allows global companies to be very local where they are. So, I mean, it, and I don't, please don't um, cut me off because I want to mention that's on top of the millions of small businesses and small entrepreneurs like yourself that give to JA that make it run across the world. I mean, we couldn't do what we do. We, you know, we are creating entrepreneurs. So of course we also are supported by entrepreneurs and that's truly kind of the backbone of JA. Well, that's wonderful. Well, we're going to have some links in the show notes as well. Some of the great nuggets you guys are giving us, but I want to make sure I also give a list of some of the key donors that you're, are in your organization that give to the organization and how people can also click and learn more about themselves uh, to donate personally or as a company or in their time. And I, I encourage many of the people that I consult and coach now, they're sometimes startups and they don't have the name of a Delta or a Google or a Microsoft. They are an unknown at this point. And I recommend to them so highly in their mission statement, their core values, their budgets in giving now, starting now, whether it's a dollar or a hundred dollars or it's an hour a week or something, finding ways uh, to give back to something in the world. And in this case, I'm a big fan of JA, but any entrepreneur or business that can find ways to give, to be of service and to multiply that, it really does help sustain the organization for uh, just creating good vibe and creating good culture and to really put um, you know, good business karma back on your life and business so to really start giving from the beginning. Not Don't wait till you're so big. When I get big, I'll do this. As Marshall always says, the great Western disease, when I'm this, I'll do this. When I'm this, I'll do this. It's kind of like start now, you know, start and yeah. give now. So thank you for sharing that. Um, well, Steve, can I also just say it's also really strategic. I mean, honestly, like the as entrepreneurs, you may not be able to give money, right? But you could sit on a board with other big companies like City and other entrepreneurs in your area and you get connected globally. I mean, so it's a win-win for the donors. It's a win-win for JA. It's a win-win for the global business community. I mean, we want to help create more connections within the global community too, of partners, you know, unlikely partners together because JA is the middleman. That's also a, a true kind of gift. I mean, honestly, I, I think that 
it needs to be a win for the business. It also needs to be a win for the nonprofit. Yes, absolutely. Uh, well, thank you for that. And we're going to take just a couple more minutes and talk about some of the stuff in the JA initiatives. And one of the ways I got connected to you both uh, was through uh, JA University and uh, someone who I met uh, uh, four or so years ago now, Brian Sidorsky, who was a big JA advocate and went through as a teen and he's now in his 70s and has done very, very well financially himself, but was very involved in wanting to help bring something back to JA that he had that he thought was new. He's a big fan of the Think and Grow Rich principles, Napoleon Hill. He's a big think of thought, a big uh, fan of thought leadership. He's a big fan of uh, mindset. And so he had this mission of, you know, bringing various people like Brian Tracy, who's written 70, 80 books, uh, you know, globally about leadership and business plans and Marshall Goldsmith and Mark Thompson, who I know Ashish has done some coaching with and myself and other people. So Jay, uh, um, um, Ashish, can you talk a little bit about how this um, JA University thing came about and what's happening with that in just a small segment? And then I'm going to ask um, uh, Aaron about the uh, the voices of youth. And then we're going to roll in after that into some spiritual conversations here in the in the show. But I wanted to get those two point of like a, a previous um, initiative that had started and some new ones you have starting as well. Great. So uh, JAU. Um, yes. So Jay University was really the brainchild of Brian Sidorsky. And Brian, like me, went through Jay Company Program in Canada. And like me, he realized that mindset shift is core to what we do. So what he did, which I think was so brilliant, is he came up with a way to um, encourage people who are mindset experts to get associated with JA and give not just financially, but also their thought leadership and wisdom that they've created through books, videos, podcasts, et cetera. So um, he attracted people like Brian Tracy, who's you know been a personal hero of mine. And he introduced me to Brian um, at Steve and it was just amazing. I mean, it was just amazing to meet um, uh, people as impactful as Brian. Brian donated books to us. In fact, at Global Youth Forum that we mentioned earlier in Mexico, we donated Brian's books to the kids. Um, I think we did it just to the winners, not to all the kids, but um, he, you know, that generosity um, allows um, young people to get exposed to some of these core principles. What we've also been doing, Steve, which has also um, been harder but important, is finding ways to elevate the voices of young people so they see themselves in this mindset shift. I think you know this, but when kids are self-reflective about what they've gone through, that also impacts their mindset. Yes. And so the Youth Voices Project, which Aaron can tell you more about, one of the things that excites me about it is it's really allowed us to, you know, unheard voices from parts of the world that we normally would never have informed something like a strategy or, or a plan. Um, you know, kids in Vietnam, kids in Kenya, or kids in South Africa to just sort of talk about their experiences with JA and mindset shift that they've gone through. Yeah. Powerful. Oh. Well, that Aaron and I know too on the um, we're going to do the voices youth, but I know uh, obviously I was involved with you when this uh, J University got started, and I know also you put out the the newsletter for all of J A uh, and keeping people up to date. And I noticed uh, in this last uh, one that you wrote that um, one of the chancellors, uh, Dave Meltzer, who uh, is heading up the chancellor group right now, uh, has a pitch session that he does the two minute pitch. Do you want to talk about that that you featured in the newsletter, and then we can roll into the the uh, the, the voices of yeah. youth as well. Yeah, let me just start first with gratitude, though, uh, you know, for you, um, Brian Sidorsky and the rest of the chancellors. I mean, we are incredibly grateful for not just your knowledge, but also your, um, you know, 
sharing of resources, of um, you know, experience. It's truly not only is it a gift to to young people as we pass that on to alumni, but also to our staff as we really think about equipping our staff um, for kind of the next generation. So. Um, you know, Dave Meltzer has been uh, kind of, you know, leading JE University, and he has a show called The Two-Minute Drill, um, and we're incredibly so proud and pleased. Um, he gives $2,000 as part of an impact award um, to JE on behalf of that impact award winner for every show, so that's 12 shows a season. We've been doing it for three seasons, so that's you know, adds up to some significant dollars for JA that we've been able to then really put back into our alumni network into JA University. But the other piece is we just, um, it just aired, it was a show all featuring JA alumni owned businesses. So businesses from across the world that JA students have started. And honestly, uh, one of the judges was, all of the judges were literally like, these are the best companies that we've seen, like these kids are so good. They're like polished and ready. Um, and so those young people got to vie for a $50,000 prize, which was amazing. So cool. Um, a UIE um, entrepreneur won it. And it was just this incredible moment where honestly, we all kind of had to pinch ourselves that um, we're really putting entrepreneurs up with um, some of the best of the best of the world. So really grateful for that piece. Um, you know, JAU, is all about shifting mindsets and really taking the best of from these great minds like yourself and Marshall and um, Brian Meltzer. And we've really channeled that into every kind of um, stakeholder group of JA, alumni, st staff, students, um, and quite honestly, me and Ashish, I definitely think we've both been transformed by that piece. Wonderful. Well, that's that's great. Well, let's take just one minute, if we could, on Voices at Use, which is yeah. a new initiative, and then we're gonna we only have about five minutes left in the show, and then I want to talk to you both about a topic that I love, which is spirituality and how that incorporates in life. Uh, Steve, in I think ways. I've so, already talked about Voices of Use. You don't have to do more on it. I think. Okay. And nothing else on that. During five minutes, we can do spirituality. Don't worry. All right. Yeah. I, All right. I think Voices okay. of Youth is like you can't have a strategic plan about young people without young people. So. Right. You know, we're really grateful that we got them to a table in an incredibly engaging way. Great. Good. Well, I knew that was a new initiative. I want to make sure I gave it enough time, but it sounds like we're good there. So let's jump into. So one of the things on the alchemy of business that I like to talk is alchemy is a formula, of course. And, you know, I love the word alchemy. I love the book Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. And, you know, he talks about, you know, Santiago, like finding out he wanted to find his goal, but he realized he really was looking for his own personal legend and what's really important in life and really what the core values of that. And obviously with you two working at a nonprofit, uh, you have a passion to not necessarily be in the in the, in the profit business sector of, of corporate companies or entrepreneurial companies at this point in your life. But being in this, it already gives you that that symbol of you already are people that give. You obviously are people that do well by doing good of, of others. So uh, it just kind of resonates already. This is an obvious question for, for you, both of you. But the last book that I wrote called The Iggy Principles is the opposite of ego, which is edging good out or edging God out. And then I wanted to remind myself always about IGI or inviting good in or inviting God in. And I think that as the organization that you both help run, that does that all day, every day. But you have to do that as people and leaders yourself to be able to be in this organization and to have these, your own principles, whatever that might be. So I'm curious for you, what is your own definition of spirituality uh, and how do you define it? And then how do you incorporate your own spiritual practices into your life and business uh, within your workforce or your friends or family? So Aaron, why don't we start with you? Sure. I, I think, you know, this is central to, to who I am uh, as a person, honestly, a person of faith. And I think 
for me, that means a, a really intimate relationship with a God, but it's also showing up authentically and, and truthfully as a mom, as a wife, as a colleague, a coworker, um, as someone who has, you know, high integrity most days. <laughs> you catch me on a bad parenting day, probably not when I'm screaming at my children to put their shoes on um, and get out the door. Um, but I think truly, you know, honestly, you can't do the work that we do without a, a kind of moral compass and, and a center. Honestly, um, you see some incredible things. You also see some really hard stuff. And I think for me, it's been really powerful to come back with a renewed sense of gratitude for all that we have here in the U.S. and all that, um, you know, kids around the world don't have. And so for us, that piece really centers around the, the spiritual side of making sure my kids are raised with gratitude and compassion and really as much as five and seven year olds can be global citizens yeah. they surely are um and i think that piece of my faith really you know plays out in my work yeah that's powerful <laughs> well i love that i mean the gratitude we do the gratitude game i have a five-year-old grandson and a three and a half year old grandson and when we're driving in the car with my wife she's like okay we're going to do the gratitude game so instead of just looking at I spot a certain color, we do what are you grateful for? And each of them can't wait to get around to their answers about what they're grateful for. And it's a great having them focus on I'm grateful for my mom. I'm grateful for my dad. I'm grateful for my friend. I'm grateful for that beautiful grass. So that mindset of gratitude that you're talking about, they can be global citizens at one, three, five or 17 year old like uh, Ashish has the twins. So thank you for sharing that. Um, and Ashish, so for you, what's your own definition of how you describe or, or de define spirituality? And how do you feel that you incorporate that into your own life, family, and business? So um, it's so funny you started with the gratitude game because that's what we do with our kids as well. And um, thankfully, they do not roll their eyes, even though they're 17 years old, when we oh, play cool. the gratitude game with Carlo, we call it something different. But um, so I'll start with that. And I'm grateful for them for not rolling their eyes. Um, yeah. uh, so spirituality, I'll actually answer it in the context of, of raising my kids because it becomes very real when you've got to um, make sure that you're raising them well with a set of values that give them something they can return to in times of need. So we introduce spirituality into their lives um, because my wife is Jewish and I was raised sort of Hindu and Sikh and sort of you know Indian cultures, shall we say, um, and Indian religions. And... Um, so we decided to do a coming of age ceremony for my kids where they um, learned about these religions and they had to share their learnings with the community. And that allowed us, frankly, as a family to go deep, I mean, really deep, like because we couldn't find a rabbi or um, um, sort of a Sikh or Hindu priest to do the whole thing. So we had to sort of customize it and what made me have to learn everything. And, and Aaron knows this, but we, we spent a lot of time, I mean, months and months learning about the underlying values of each of these religions and looking for areas of overlap. And that's what allowed me to connect it to the work I do at JA in a very, I'll call it like real intellectual way, as opposed to a fluffy way. Yes. And I think I've, I've been good at fluff for a while, but to get deep, I think required me to read the stuff. Um, and just to give you one example, I mean, you know, in Judaism, there's such a core element of service and giving back, whether it's Sadako or, you know, any of the um, 
uh, practices of the religion that accentuates and rewards this behavior of giving back. But it's much more than that because it's really about um, feeling that your duty is to give back. And that's the difference. That's what comes out when you read this stuff. You realize it's about what, what Hindus call dharma, which is duty. And there's words in Hebrew for it. There's words in, in, in Sanskrit for it. And there's words, um, you, you know, in Punjabi for it as well. Um, and uh, I think what I found is I feel it's my duty based on whatever I've been given to be able to connect the dots, particularly around this concept of self-belief. You know, Aaron knows I go on and on about this, but um, there is a real um, personal purpose about why I believe that it's my duty to allow young people to be able to build that self-belief um, in their early years. Yeah, that's powerful. Well, thank you to your both for sharing that. I definitely can do a whole show on just that segment alone, but we mix that into the alchemy business here. So I may have to beg, borrow, and steal to get you back on another show in the future to dig deeper on that because I'm fascinated by these topics. And, uh, you know, the way I blended that for myself as I was brought up very strict Catholic and in the Western world, but I always gravitated towards Hindu, Buddhism, and the Eastern philosophy. So the book Paramahansa Yogananda, Autobiography of a Yogi, did a great job of blending the Eastern and Western cultures and philosophies and thoughts together. And, and just as you become, and when you start traveling like you both have, or you start thinking about the world in a global way, and you see how other people, and when I've traveled uh, you know, to all various countries, I realize all people and all families want the same thing. People want to be joyful. They want their families to be helpful. They want to be of value. They want to contribute. They want to be heard. They want to give back. They want to have a purpose. And that all can have different names and different things above it. But I find that at the humanity level, we all have those common things in common. So for you both sharing today, uh, these great things that we can do to have a duty to give back and a duty to serve and ways to have vehicles to use our talents to help others rise and to help these that are rising be the, the current and future of our world is so powerful. And so I want to applaud you and thank you for the work that both of you do, uh, not only within Jay, but within the world and for my family, your family and all the families that are out there. So I couldn't be more honored to have you on the show. And if you have any closing thoughts, both Aaron and Ashish, uh, we'll wrap up with that. So. Um, I started with uh, ladies first, so I'll start with Aaron, and then I'll ha let uh, Ashish have last words, and then we'll wrap up. Aaron, any last thoughts or words for you before we close? No, I, I mean, I'll stay in the gratitude sphere of grateful for you. I'm grateful for kind of your voice um, and bringing, you know, truth to light with a lot of these topics. I think uh, we, we, we we all grow. So thank you. Thank you for being on. And Mr. Ashish and Bonnie. I'm going to share gratitude for Aaron Sawyer as well. You know, Steve, I get to do so many of these interviews, um, but to actually do it with Aaron has been such a real treat. And thank you, Steve. It's rare to have um, a person in your role who's sort of um, thoughtful about including lots of voices in these interviews. So I'm really, really grateful for what you've done. And it allows, you know, and, you know, Aaron cried twice, twice today. And, um, uh, you know, usually it's at least five times. So we got to have her back just for the other three. Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, you know, Ashish, you're batting like less than a thousand here. So, <laughs> well, I didn't realize I was playing Barbara Walters Day to get you to cry. <laughs> but I love the authentic purity of it. So thank you both for being on the show. And thank you for those that were listening in today or viewing in. However you got to the Alchemy of Business, we do appreciate it. If you like what you heard, please uh, click and say you liked and subscribe. We'll be having future shows with all different types of thought leaders, men and women around the world who are making an impact. Thank you for listening in. And 
please take your duty and honor it and go serve in the world wherever you are and who's ever listening. You have something to share and give. And we're grateful when you do. Thanks, everyone. Have a wonderful day. And that concludes this episode of The Alchemy of Business with your host, Steve Rogers. If you found value in today's broadcast, please consider liking, subscribing, sharing with friends, and leaving a review. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next Thursday for another episode. Be blessed and see you soon.